The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. We want to welcome you to the Identity Matters Podcast and I Am Radio Broadcast Network. Hi, my name is Dr. Finney and I will be your host today. Within this podcast, we cover the identity issues related to a true, authentic, born-again, indwelt believer. But it certainly is an honor to have you join us. You're listening to the Identity Matters Podcast and the I Am Radio, which is sponsored by Cross Radio Worldwide. Cross Radio is heard throughout 109 countries. The name of our message today is called Grace 102, Design of Grace in Man. I've got a question for us to get things kicked off. Did you know that humans were created in the perfect design of grace? This particular message, listener, is filled with trick questions. This is probably one of the topics that is most ignored when it comes to talking about creation, what God really created when he created Adam and Eve. But here's another trick question. Was Adam created... Yes. Was Eve created? She was formed. Creation in the Hebrew directly is related to dirt. Ruby red dirt to be exact. It is definitely a piece of science that's being revealed to us here that in the beginning the dirt itself was probably a lot like we see in Oklahoma. A deep rich red ruby dirt. Does anyone see any parallels there of Adam being created out of red dirt? The name Adam itself means ruby red. Red hair. But there actually is some symbolism in that. Were the trees created? Well, if they were planted, then we'd have to switch over to evolution, creationalism. Because they'd need time to grow and mature and have fruit so God could make his next statement. To form something, you have to take it out of existing creation. That's what form is. So Eve taken out of Adam's side was literally formation of his flesh. Was the great seas created? Yes. So dirt was created. The great seas were created. All the trees and shrubs and whatever was created. What about the cows? Cows were what? Created. created. Now the only thing I want you to get at this point in time is that Eve was a very, very special part of God's creation process. She was formed, she was not created. 
Adam was taken from dirt. So when the consequences of Adam were given to him by the Lord for hearkening to his flesh, which was who? Eve. The consequence that was given to Adam was what? Aaron. Ultimately, he got booted out of the garden. That's correct. Before you can have weeds, you have to have of the ground. So those of you listeners who have been practicing or preaching the fact that Adam got cursed and man got cursed in the garden because of Adam hearkening to his flesh, you need to understand something. That is not true. There is no truth in that at all. The only thing that got cursed was the dirt. And that is such a significant point in what we're going to be talking about with this whole idea of man being designed in grace is that the dirt itself became cursed. And a result of the dirt itself becoming cursed, we started to have environmental issues from that day forward. You know, trees die. I mean, Shannon's been talking about cutting down the next tree out here because something's wrong with it and it's dying. That is a result of the ground itself being cursed. You can go out and plant some tomatoes and they might not turn out red. They might turn out yellow or they may die on the branch. That's all because of the earth getting cursed. But the significant point you need to understand at this juncture is that Adam received consequences, and the way that the English translation puts it is that he hearkened to the voice of his his woman. But in the Hebrew, it is hearkening to the flesh. Someone please communicate very quickly how that communicates to, for example, all of Paul's messages. The mindset on the flesh is death. The mindset on the is life. You see, if Adam would have set his mind upon the spirit, which he already had perfect relationship with, this whole deal would have never happened. But since Adam shifted his mindset onto his flesh, which is the most appropriate definition of defining woman, and it doesn't mean she is lesser than, it means that she was taken from Adam's flesh. And this is all very important to understand, to see how the enemy entered Adam's gates to get to him. So here's another trick question, but maybe it's not such a trick question. Why didn't Satan bypass the weaker flesh and go directly to Adam? Adam, come over here. I've got some goods for you today. Why didn't he do that? Why doesn't Satan go directly after Christ in you? Why does he go after your flesh? He's a very, very, very powerful being. He has taken on Jesus personally before. And he will take Jesus on again in the great battle of Armageddon. Why is he going through our flesh to get to Jesus? If you think that it's 
It's to pull you down. It's to reduce you. It's to make you feel bad. It's to make you whatever. It is not his objective. His objective is to get to Jesus in you. Someone please make the parallel to the garden. We could probably even say that since Adam was perfect in Christ Jesus, the spirit of the living God already lives inside Jesus. The spirit is in Adam. The spirit is in Eve, just like us. We are the bride of Christ. We are that female image. Do you understand that? We are not the male image being presented here. We are the female image. We are the extension of the flesh of Jesus Christ himself. So the enemy is going after our weaker part, flesh, to get to Jesus, to ultimately get to God. And you think, well, he can't really impact and affect Jesus. Jesus is immovable and blah, blah, blah. You do not understand Jesus. Jesus can be aroused to anger and vengeance. And every single time the enemy is able to get at Jesus through us, through our flesh, he is arousing anger of God. You don't get the privilege of seeing into this spiritual world where this is going on. Thank God. But it is mounting up and something happens mentally to this great Savior called Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Something happens in such a dramatic moment that the Father himself is withholding the very hour he will be released to do this thing and do what the English Western language calls rapture, means take away, rip away. We're going to be taken out without choice. It's not going to be him coming and saying, okay, virgin brides, it's time for us to go. Who wants to go? Body of Christ, the bride of Christ will be pulled away from the earth. Why does he do this? So that we won't see what happens next. He is angry. He is filled with rage. And in Hebrew code, the woman is never to see the anger of a of her man or her father. They cannot cast their eyes upon the anger of the father or their husband. They have to be removed from the room. They have to be removed from whatever. And that's what's happening to us at the great rapture. We're being removed so that this Jesus Christ, Son of God, who's on a black horse, white horse, dressed in full colors, crown on his head, his eyes are gentle and sweet, There's fire in his eyes, a drawn sword, and the soreness got ice cubes on it. (laughs) Flaming sword. These are all Greek and Hebrew symbols of anger and rage. 
then there will be a great battle. Humanity is defined in our present culture as a collective and unified race or culture. And God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. The our likeness that is being used there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And this is evident that he was extremely serious about him making this statement. Because anything that comes out of the mouth of man is defining his identity. So this statement is not just something we memorize when we're in kindergarten and our parents get us to recite it back or we write a Bible story or two with a bunch of cartoons in it. That is completely diluting the power punch of what God is saying here. This is God the Father speaking. This is not God Jesus. This is not God Holy Spirit. This is God saying, let us, three, make man in our image. That includes fatherhood, sonship, and spirit as woman. So just lock those pieces down, or you'll never get this message. Image is from the Hebrew word, a reflection of oneself. Well, that kind of makes sense. You know, back in Adam and Eve's day, they didn't have mirrors on the wall to see who's the greatest of them all. But they certainly had water to look in and see the reflection of their face, right? This is how God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, when they looked upon Adam and Eve, they were to see a direct reflection of the us. That's what's being revealed to us. Without flaws. No flaws at all. No weaknesses. Perfect reflection. Likeness from the Hebrew, in its most delicate sense, is a a similitude or a replica. So we've got this reflection of oneself, and we have this replica. So that means that Adam had to be created in three parts, body, soul, and spirit, the triune of man. Why? Because of the triune of God. There are many theologians in the world today that are what is called dichotomist. What does a dichotomist believe? Two parts of man. If we have some dichotomists that are listening today, you are not really studying your Bible. And I will prove that to you over the next few messages. The perfect Replica is in three parts. That's why the human cell has three primary parts. That's why you can take molecules out of the dirt and find three primary molecules. Everything is done in threes. Water, spirit, fire, steam, water, ice, etc. It is always done in threes. Then if you break that down, you find three more elements. Break it down, and that's what science has been able to do, is to dive deeper and deeper into the smallest, tiniest, little forms of life, and we always find them 
with three primary units, like the human cell. It's a perfect replica of the us. Here's the big difference between understanding the basics of science, because those of you who have done your homework of the science of the triune of man, you probably have heard what you just heard and said, yes, that is true, and I totally agree. The physical, Paul says, is given to us. The natural is given to us to understand the supernatural. So the more creative that science is getting, it is for the purpose of coming back to this parallel. Satan himself is in the garden, and he has seen this whole thing unfold. I mean, God didn't lock him in a closet and put duct tape over his eyes. He got to see this whole thing unfold. He got to hear by his own little spiritual ears, hear God say, well, let's create man in our image. And if anyone would understand the definition of image in its original context, it would be Satan. Satan is really, really, really big on image. You cannot even get through a day without walking by a glassed window or mirror or anything that is going to reflect your image without taking a second look. Everything is based on image, whether you like it or not. The second thing that comes into play is speech. You want to destroy a human heart? Cause them not to be able to speak anymore. It's the most traumatic thing that has been known in the world of medicine outside of losing your eyesight. Losing your speech is worse yet. Or losing half your speech where every time you try to speak it's slurred. You see, these are critical little pieces. Sight, speech, touch are the three primary. We've added two extra onto that. But those are the primary ones. Satan was watching. Satan was listening. And he wanted to touch. No, Satan couldn't walk up to Adam and hold by the arm and drag him off to the tree and say... Now check this fruit out. God made it. He put the fruit on the tree. I'll give him the credit. Because that's what Satan was doing. He was giving God the credit. Well, God said. So he was tapping into speech and hearing and sight. Well, he couldn't go to Adam directly because Satan himself knew that he was a factory reject from the triune of God. And Satan would have to go through the weakness in order to get to the heart of the matter. And that's why he went through Eve. Because she was designed to be managed by the senses. 
for feeding Adam, for caring for, helping him care for the responsibilities, etc., etc. Once a man is focused on getting somewhere or whatever, he doesn't need to stop at the gas station and get a map. As the joke goes, he's so focused at accomplishing his mission that oftentimes stupidity rules his life and he gets led down a wrong pathway. That's what happened to Adam. Adam and Eve were created in the personhood of grace. Genesis 1.27, when God said, God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. It's not accident, the same adjectives that are used for the Holy Spirit are the same adjectives that are used to describe woman. And that is not to make you women feel better. It is for the parallel of we are the bride of Christ, which creates this significant question. Why were we created? God didn't need to have mankind. Everything was taken care of in heaven. He got rid of the little rebel buster, tossed him out, stuck him on a formless planet, which was not called Earth. It was dark and void and a bunch of moon dust. And then from this moon dust, God literally created all these beautiful things that we see today. He literally purified the ground, the moon dust, so that when the trees were created... They would be well cared for. He put a canopy over the entire earth. No one can prove otherwise. In fact, the creational scientists can prove to you there was an entire canopy around the earth when Adam and Eve were walking the earth. They didn't get to see the sun. It created a greenhouse effect. So the trees stayed luscious and the shrubbery stayed luscious and it was this perfect greenhouse environment. But something happened at the flood. God broke the canopy, which is exactly as the Hebrew states it. God broke the canopy and there was so much rain. That canopy broke and all of that water that was to protect the earth, flooded the earth in 40 days. No, they were not interested in jumping off the ark and taking their bath, swimming in the flooding water and getting back into the big boat, the yacht. This was a traumatic event with hurricanes, lightning, stuff they've never seen before. 936 years they were under this canopy. And now they're hearing thunder. They're seeing lightning. And they are experiencing fear of having this flood take over their own lives. All very, very symbolic. Both were created in the indwelling spirit. Zechariah 12.1 says, The burden of the word of the Lord Concerning Israel, thus declares the Lord, who stretches out his heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. 
Adam was not created in dichotomy. Adam was created in trichotomy. He literally took this dirt, breathed life into it, and Adam had a body. He put the soul into man, and he put the spirit into man. Listener, listen very carefully. 602-292-2982. You may text me on this. Listen very carefully. Man was created to be a temple for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the only aspect of the triune of the living God that did not have a housing place. Man was created to be a temple. Adam and Eve were created in the inner being of God's Spirit, which was housed within the human spirit. For there was no exchange life needed at this point. Therefore, the human spirit became the resting place of grace within Adam and Eve. You see, God is grace. Jesus became grace as a result of this whole pathway to the cross, the burial, the resurrection, and ascension. He became grace. So when Paul said, repeated Jesus' words, 96 years after the crucifixion. Jesus said to Paul directly, red letters, look in your red letter Bible. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in your weakness, Paul. This is after Paul was stating he was being harassed by a demon. Now those of you who want to go down that road and say he had constant flu, most theologians believe that he was half blind after his blinding experience. It doesn't matter what the physical ailment is or the mental ailment is. It doesn't matter. It's a weakness. And Christ is saying, my grace is sufficient. My personhood is enough. My indwelling is enough. After the fall, God removed his spirit from Adam and Eve, as he will from the earth at the rapture. That is one of the most misunderstood ideologies that are in the Bible, is that when the rapture occurs, we think that it's just the bridal members of Jesus Christ being taken away from the earth You do not understand the bridal members of Jesus Christ is the temple place of the Holy Spirit. He's removing his temple again. There will be no Holy Spirit running around trying to accomplish a mission internally that's removed. And that's why during the tribulation, particularly the last three and a half years, you find that God goes back to prophets. The two prophets, remember? And it's all about the Hebrew law again. It's a little switch that most 
people who are studying their Bibles, it just blows right by them. They don't realize that it's because the Holy Spirit has been removed from the earth. But even though the whole world goes to pot within seven years, that's why. Why doesn't it take 7,000 years to implode on humanity? Because the Holy Spirit has been removed. So the urgency that we have of reaching as many souls as we can before the great rapture becomes very critical. God is compelled, obsessed over ministry for good reasons. We don't have much time left. Originally, Adam and Eve worked out of the perfection of God's spirit through these five senses. So originally, Adam and Eve, every one of their senses was perfectly, perfectly aligned with the senses of God. What he looked like physically, what he looked like spiritually, and what he looked like as the father. The father looks very different than the son. The son looks very different than the spirit. And God the Father has his housing place. It's called the throne of the living God. Jesus has his housing point. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. And the Holy Spirit has been left to purposely, by the way, wander. Can't see the Spirit. You can't describe how the Spirit looks. I have never heard a vision. I've never heard a dream of someone who's able to adequately describe the Holy Spirit. And there's a reason for that. They've been able to describe demons. They've been able to describe Satan himself. They've been able to describe all types of spiritual warfare type of things. But nobody tampers with the Holy Spirit. So the modality of men to protect women becomes top priority to God. Nobody messes with my son's bride. And those who do, called Satan and his workers, they are building up rage and wrath for the day of judgment. God's not going to be showing grace to the sinners going to hell. It will not be a pleasant experience. It'll be a hellish experience with rage, anger, and vengeance. The three triunes of getting on God's bad side. So what is the world doing? Humanity is defining our present culture as a collective and unified race and culture. We all love each other. You have no power to love anybody because God is love. Until you get indwelled by him, there is no love you're giving your spouse, your children, your friends or strangers. He is love. He is grace. So for humanity to focus on grace being the answer when they don't have the grace person living inside them, you are what the Bible calls a fool. Minimally acting like one, which we all have done 
Original humanity was created with a soul, which is mind, will, and emotions. Each reflected the mind of Christ. God's will and the glorious emotions of the us. It is perfect reflection. So Adam's thoughts were God's thoughts. Adam's heart, emotal motions, is God's emotions. Adam's spirit was God's spirit. They too were housing the temple of the Holy Spirit. It was perfect. I don't know why he just didn't put an explanation mark at the end of it and just call it quits for the day. But no, he puts two trees in the garden. And even the tree of of knowledge, he puts in the left right corner of the garden. If you have forgotten this detail out of Genesis, it would behoove you to memorize it. God put the tree of knowledge in the middle of the garden. The tree of life was off to the side. And God said, you can eat from any tree or shrub in in the entire garden. But... Do not eat from that tree in the middle of the garden, for if you do, you surely will live. You die. Now why didn't God just call it quits? Because a part of Jesus Christ's DNA is redemption. It is one of his names. Anyone in this room today who's been born again you were able to receive by adoption and transference to the name of redemption. Stephen, the redeemed. Bobby, the redeemed. Big deal in heaven. Redemption. That redemption could only happen through a sacrifice. So the regression of the earth after The curse. Here's your moment, scientists. Here's your moment, creational lovers. Here's your moment, believers, followers of Christ who just like facts. Here's your moment, indwelled believers who have the mind of Christ living inside you. Here's your moment, 602-292-2982. God curse the dirt. Everything went bad after that. Adam's labor of trying to get fresh vegetables out of this cursed dirt to the sweat on his brow because of this or that or whatever. And then Eve, oh yeah, she got off easy. Not. She was obligated now by law to hearken to the voice of her husband. So all of you... Christians that are into submission to the living God, submission to Jesus Christ, submission to your husband, submission to your pastor, submission to your bosses. This is not a male-female issue on submission. You are in judgment. So was Eve. Eve was obligated by the Lord to hearken or submit to her husband. It was not optional anymore. The body of Christ is obligated to submit to Jesus Christ within us. 
It's not optional. The whole series we did on John, comparing love and not keeping the commandments, and and, and it, it was lots of scriptures saying, don't tell me that you love God and don't keep his commandments. For God is not in you. These are all parallels for us. Hopefully you're beginning to see that. Originally, man's body was the temple of the Holy Spirit. So in the redemption process, God was literally took several days for him, right? 7,000 years is seven days for God. 6,000 years being completed because we have to save 1,000 years for the 1,000-year reign, judgment. That's in the 7,000 years. That's why we only got about 200 plus years left here. So there's an urgency that God is putting inside the body of Christ to reach as many souls as possible because once the rapture occurs, it's done. The only ones that are going to get saved at that point are the 144,000 Jews who are blood connected to the 12 tribes. And they have to be won by the law, by these two prophets. Which end up getting slaughtered, left in the street, by this other group. That's every single person in the world against 144,000 people. And when that's done, it's done. The thousand year reign kicks in. After the ascension through the indwelling of Christ, the body of Christ, which is called the church, became the temple of the spirit of the us. Once again, the loop got closed. You see, God created Adam and Eve in the perfect image of the us. They were housing the Holy Spirit of the living God. And then this whole deception thing took place through through the serpent, and God takes his spirit from them, he detaches, separates himself from them. Then we go through the whole 900 plus years of the depravity of Cain's children, and it just went crazy, and then the flood thing happened, and after the flood, the law had to be introduced. After the law, we had to have people breaking the laws, and it was all planned. God wasn't disappointed. He was very Honored to see his plan come to the point of the birth of Jesus Christ, which is literally taking God and having him pass through flesh. How is that different than what he did with us on the born again experience? He literally went from the unseen into our flesh. It's the same thing he did at, at Christmas time. He became God, became flesh to dwell among us so that we could behold his glory. Jesus came inside the body of Christ so that we could behold his glory. So that Paul could hear from Jesus. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in your flesh. That does not take a long walk in the park to get to there.
Romans 5.8 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Apostles is New Testament, full action of all spiritual gifts. Prophets work by one rule, the rule of God. Apostles, a little bit different. It is the redemptive aspects of prophecy. It's the redemptive aspects of pastoring. It's the redemptive aspects of all the occupational gifts. Big statements being made here. And prophets. The ideology of prophets is not over. Nowhere close. It finishes on the prophets, not the apostles. You reject the prophets and you're in serious trouble. It's always been like that. goes on to say, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building, body of Christ, church, being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. He is building his temple. The goal and purpose of creating Adam and Eve was to have a temple for the Holy Spirit. The end means is what is being revealed here from Paul to the Romans. The big goal here is to build a temple for the indwelling of the living us. When that's done, it's done. I do not know how to make Revelation clear for you. When that building is done, it's done. His only goal was to create, build a temple for the third element of the triune of God, and that is the Spirit of God, which is holy. That's it. So when Adam and Eve fell from grace, they now have the knowledge of good and evil. He has to restore the body of Christ to have no knowledge of evil anymore. There's one more step left. He has to remove the knowledge of evil. He has to pluck the tree of knowledge out. When you get to heaven, when you have your wedding, after that wedding, Jesus takes you to the new earth. You have this new body, which is probably when we'll get it. And you will have no knowledge of evil. None. That's when the groom gets to say, it is finished. Not a second before. When the temple has no knowledge of evil. No recall. You will not be able to look back on your time on earth. You will not. You will not have memories of the redemptive things you got delivered from evil because there's no comparison 
in your mind anymore. Evil's gone. All you think is good, righteous, which was the original state of Adam and Eve. So how in the world did Eve get deceived? I just say, well, why not? She had no comparison measuring stick in her head. There wasn't any evil intent of, I'm going to dishonor my husband. I'm going to rebel against him. There was no comparison. Of course she was going to be deceived. The only way for Eve to be saved from being deceived and falling and then having her husband fall is not to have Satan in the garden. That was the only answer, but that's not how God set it up. Redemption must be born, inherited, transferred and translated. Redemption made whole again. We have one more step to go. Having the knowledge of good and evil places man in the domain of darkness. It says in Colossians For he rescued us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. All of humanity is in need of being transferred into the light through grace. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, For you were formerly darkness. That is an actual identity statement of who you are. You were the identity of darkness. But now, you are the light. That is an identity statement. Now you are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It's an identity statement. Walk as children of the identity of light. Which the actual verse says, walk as children of light. So here's where we need to go next week. Hopefully today you were able to see God creating Adam, forming Eve, literally formed the temple for his Holy Spirit, which made them complete. The Holy Spirit must have a housing place. So hopefully you'll get that recorded in your notes. And hold that very dear to your heart because that's why he did what he did. It wasn't to make you feel better. It wasn't to to appeal to your struggling emotions and your walking past a mirror and go, It was for none of those reasons. None of these cultural things that are developing in Satan's society is anywhere close to being in God's logical reasoning. As my wife reminded me of this week, there was a good reason why Jesus was made ugly. He was unbecoming in appearance. When he walked by a mirror, there was probably no doubt that he was doing the same thing everyone else was doing that was looking at him. Because it isn't in the image of the external. It's important though. It's an important piece. Next week we need to talk about this whole 
redeeming aspect, this restoration that is needed. We kind of uh, brought out some of the highlights today. We're going to dive in deep to this whole thing of restoration for the human race to complete God's objective. Looking forward to chatting with you next week. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.